0: Welcome to this week's presentation with Scott Toole. We are thrilled to have you joining us as we gain insight from God's Word. Now, speaking from Rosedale Baptist Church in Baltimore, Maryland, here's Pastor Toole. Let's take our Bibles turn to Numbers 22, the book of Numbers chapter 22. And it's neat to hear about uh, those that have come to Christ, those that have trusted Him as Savior. Uh, And I know one of those was one of our teenage young men in the school that Uh, just dynamically uh, saved, just uh, very demonstratively um, um, uh, rejoicing in the salvation that that he received when he trusted Christ. Uh, And then um, uh, one of the uh, three, the girls, was uh, one that had uh, tragically lost her father recently and just um, uh, praise the Lord for how he's uh, blessing and using uh, uh, that largest ministry here at Rosedale Baptist Church, and that's... Uh, the school. Praise the Lord for that. But then uh, also talking to Jamie Elizabeth before the service, just uh, uh, the miracles that brought a friend this last Sunday uh, to the service. And of course, we uh, taught on John 3.16 and how she trusted Christ uh, this Sunday morning. And it's just neat uh, to see if if heaven rejoices over one sinner that repents, boy, we need to celebrate and rejoice over uh, the four that we know of that have trusted Christ in the last couple of days and, and praise the Lord for that. Now, uh, tonight, uh, if you uh, struggle the last couple of days with your Bible reading, uh, we got you tonight. We're going to make up for that with the amount of Bible we're going to read tonight. But uh, Numbers chapter 20, the wandering in the wilderness has stopped. Uh, for 38 and a half years, where that first couple of months they uh, went directly, but then by un- unbelief they, they decided not to go over into the promised land. But now uh, 38 and a half years of wandering took place from Numbers 14 to Numbers chapter 20. Seven chapters encapsulated uh, 40 years almost of, uh, of events and wandering. It, it, a lot happened. Uh, there was a very small amount uh, of space given to it. Uh, almost as if nothing was worth writing uh, because they're not following God they're not following the Lord they they didn't fully surrender they 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 didn't do God's will when they uh, turned their back and so uh, it's almost as if okay I'll put it this way um, seven chapters over those uh, 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 forty years there's going to be less time covered uh, from acts one to acts twenty eight it's about 31, 32 years of church history, uh, and it's four times the amount of Bible. It's almost as if if you're not uh, serving the Lord, working for the Lord, if you're not uh, having a heart for God, uh, if you're not uh, ministering in such a way that's building His kingdom and reaching His people, then it's really not worth writing about. Uh, it, it's, it's lives that are wood, hay, and stubble that, that do vanish away. And, and um, I, I heard a uh, preacher Uh, preach on what are you doing with the dash what are you doing with the dash and of course uh, the tombstones it was based on for me it would be born november 25th 19 none of your business and uh, november 25th a long time ago uh, 1966 uh, dash dash and then the date of death Uh, eventually someday and the question is uh, just a short little dash in between short little dash but I want to fill that dash so full uh, of exploits for God and 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 attempts for the Lord and stepping out by faith for for his glory boy what are you doing with the dash and and here for 40 years seven chapters covered 40 years uh, there wasn't much written about it because there wasn't much done for the glory of God Uh, I think it's an interesting contrast between Joseph Uh, and judah Uh, and of course joseph is a great picture of the lord jesus christ Um, he was despised and rejected of his brothers uh, a lot like the lord jesus christ uh, was when he came into his own his own received him not Um, he was uh, sold for 20 pieces of silver of course jesus christ was sold for for 30 pieces of silver Uh, his brothers didn't want uh, will not have uh, uh, you to rule over us the same way they said about christ will not have this man uh, to rule over us. They stripped him of his coat of many colors, a lot like they, they gambled for that seamless robe of, uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ. So many parallels, so many parallels. Uh, in fact, I was looking back in Genesis 37, I have a message where I note 38 parallels, pictures of Joseph pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, uh, the interesting thing is he's in the likeness of Christ, uh, and he's given about 20 chapters Uh, in the Bible about his life because he's in the likeness of Christ. Now, keep in mind, he's not in the lineage of Christ. Uh, He's not in the lineage of Christ. He's a different tribe. Judah would be in the lineage of Christ, but Judah was not in the likeness of Christ. Uh, Judah kind of lived his life, uh, nothing noteworthy about it, uh, and where uh, Joseph, in the likeness of Christ, given 20 chapters of ink, of space, uh, in the Word of God, uh, because uh, uh, of living the way he did. Uh, Judah, who was in the lineage of Christ, and so many times we, we think about, well, I'm saved, I'm in the lineage of Christ. Hey, thank the Lord for that, praise the Lord for that, uh, but if you want to live a noteworthy life, uh, a, a life where God writes you into his autobiography, uh, kind of an addition to the Hebrews 11 Hall of Faith, uh, then it's not just about being in the lineage saved, saved, but it's also about being in the likeness of Christ, living a life that's surrendered. And so uh, here, after 40 years of uh, wandering, 38 and a half years after they uh, didn't go in, here, uh, the Israelites, people of God, Uh, But because they weren't worshiping the person of God, they weren't following the plan of God, uh, there wasn't much written about them. Now look at 22, look at verse number 1. And the children of Israel set forward and pitched in the plains of Moab, on this side Jordan, by Jericho, and Balak, say that name with me, Balak, say it again, ready? And Balak, the son of Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to the. Of course, anyway, uh, had done to the. I was going to make a joke, but it probably wasn't appropriate. So let's go to the next verse 10. And Moab was sore afraid of the people because they were many. uh, And Moab was distressed because of the children of Israel. Uh, And Moab said unto the elders of Midian, Now shall this company lick up all that are round about us uh, as the ox licketh up the grass of the field. And of course, uh, the Moabites were uh, a nation that would not let Israel. Uh, passed through and so uh, now Balak that that king of uh, the Moabites is is kind of worried in fact verse four it goes on and Balak the son of Zippor was king of the Moabites at that time verse five he sent messengers therefore unto Balaam and so Balak the king uh, sent messengers to to Balaam uh, the prophet uh, the son of Beor to Pethor, which is by the river uh, of the land of the children of his people to call him Uh, Balak sent messengers to call Balaam, saying, Behold, there's a people come out from Egypt. Uh, Behold, they cover the face of the earth, and they abide uh, over against me. Come now, therefore, I pray thee, uh, curse me, this people, for they are too mighty for me. Peradventure I shall prevail, uh, that we may may spite them. Now, if you curse them, uh, I can prevail. Uh, I'll smite them, uh, and that I may drive them out of the land, for I wot not... Uh, that he whom thou blessest, I, I'm sorry, I, I want, I know, uh, that he whom thou blessed, blessest is blessed, and he whom thou cursest uh, is cursed. And so put down number one, if you will, uh, his call that was given. Balak, uh, a little bit worried about Israel, uh, thinking Israel is going to retaliate, uh, realizing that, that he's not going to make it if they do. And so uh, Balak calls for Balaam, the call that was given, sent messengers to call Balaam uh, to come and curse God's people. He called him to come uh, and to curse. Uh, Now, just to entice him uh, to say yes, to to make it uh, at least attractive to him, uh, notice next the compensation that was offered, the call that was given, sending messengers to him, come curse them, uh, and then the compensation that was offered. Look at verse 7. And the elders of Moab and the Elders of Midian departed with the rewards of divination in their hand, uh, truckloads of treasure, uh, probably more appropriate, uh, camels full of cash. And so, uh, trucks weren't there, but, uh, and so the rewards of divination in their hand. And they came unto Balaam and spake unto him the words of Balak, uh, offering hefty rewards, offering uh, plenty of pay, cash. Uh, and it seems like the reason that Balaam bent and went uh, was because of the money. It, it seems like that. And if you follow along, uh, on surface read, I, I don't know that you'll get that as a takeaway, uh, but when you compare spiritual with spiritual, 2 Peter 2.15 uh, talked about those that love the wages of unrighteousness at the way of Balaam. Uh, and then in Jude chapter 1, uh, Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, ran greedily after the error of Balaam, Balaam for reward, Balaam who loved the wages of unrighteousness. And uh, though it doesn't come out here and say, yeah, he did it because of pay. He did it uh, because of money. Uh, uh, Here you have to read a little deeper, but ultimately uh, that's why he acquiesced. Number three, the command that was spoken. Uh, And so we have the call that was given, Balak calling Balaam to come curse God's people. And then the compensation that was offered uh, just... Truckloads of, of treasure, camels of uh, of cash, and then uh, the command that was spoken. Look at verse eight. And Balaam said unto them, "Lodge here this night, and I will bring you word again, as the Lord shall speak unto me." He's got great spiritual rhetoric. He's got uh, great religious verbiage going on, but uh, his heart is filled with dollar signs, and so uh, he says, "Wait here. Uh, I'm going to go to the Lord, uh, and I'm I'm going uh, w- to listen what he says to me." Uh, And the princes of Moab abode with Balaam, verse 9. And God came unto Balaam and said, What men are these with thee? And Balaam said unto God, Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, has sent unto me, saying, Behold, as if he needed to let God know this, as if God didn't know this. But anyway, uh, behold. And basically, when God was saying, uh, What men are these with thee? He's saying, Why are you with those guys? Well, you shouldn't be connected to those guys. Uh, Those guys that are attacking my people, those guys that that are against Israel, my nation, hey, why are you with them? Uh, But but he he didn't uh, realize that God wasn't asking informationally. He already knew, uh, but he was trying to get Balaam to know. And Balaam responds, Behold, there's a people come out of Egypt, which covereth the face of the earth. Come now, curse me them. This is what the king said for me to do. For adventure I shall be able to overcome them and drive them out. And God said unto Balaam, Thou shalt not. Say that with me. Thou shalt not. Go with them. Thou shalt not. Say it again. Thou shalt not. Curse the people, for they are blessed. And so uh, the two commands, the two thou shalt nots, don't go, don't curse. Don't go, don't curse. Uh, And and so uh, don't curse. God helped him with that. Ultimately, he didn't do that. Uh, But don't go. Uh, uh, It would jeopardize his bank account, and so he decided to go anyway. Look at verse 13. Uh, Balaam rose up in the morning and said unto the princes of Balak, uh, Get you into your land, for the Lord refuseth to give me leave to go with you. Again, uh, spiritual rhetoric and religious verbiage. And The princes of Moab rose up, and they went unto Balak, Uh, and said, uh, Balaam refuses to come with us. Number four, write it down. The compromise that was allowed. The compromise that was allowed, uh, one between Balak and Balaam, but but I think also that which was allowed by God uh, with Balaam. Look at 15. And Balak sent yet again princes more and more honorable than they. And they came to Balaam and said unto him, Thus saith Balak, the son of Zippor. Let nothing, I pray thee, hinder thee from coming unto me, for I will promote thee unto very great honor, and I will do whatsoever thou sayest unto me. Uh, anything you want, blank check, uh, fill it out. Uh, whatever the treasure is, whatever the amount is, there's, there's nothing too great, name it, name it. Come, therefore, I pray thee, curse me, this people. And Balaam answered and said unto the servants of Balak if Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the word of the Lord my God to do less or more. Uh, And it's still super spiritual rhetoric. It's still super spiritual verbiage, but didn't he already get the word of the Lord on this? Didn't God already say, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, well, it couldn't have been any clearer. Thou shalt not go. Thou shalt not curse. Uh, but, but now that the price is going up, now that uh, the, the, the amount is almost a, a blank check, look at 19. Now therefore I pray you, tarry ye also here this night that I may know what the Lord will say unto me more. <laughs> and, uh, uh, Balaam, you don't have to worry about what God says more. He's already told you. He's already told you. And I do think as Christians, a lot of times, uh, we struggle more with wanting to know what God says more rather than what we know God has already said. I, I think a lot of times we get so distracted by, well, maybe this or maybe that. and I'm not sure. I need to uh, you know, uh, test the wind. And, uh, and, and, and that, uh, but, but God's already commanded. God's already said. God's already been clear about it. Uh, but Balaam isn't getting the answer that he wants. And so he goes again. And God came unto Balaam at night and said unto him, Won't you listen to me? Anyway, he didn't quite say it that. But he said, If the men come to call thee, rise up and go with them. But yet the word which I shall say unto thee, that shalt thou do. And so, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give you space to learn your lesson. Uh, I'll give you space on that thou shalt not go. Uh, if the only way you're going to learn, go ahead and go. Uh, but I am going to double down on, boy, so make sure you do what I say. Uh, don't curse them. And Balaam rose up in the morning and saddled his ass and went with the princes of Moab. And so uh, it, it's almost as if Balaam is in the permissive will of God, but he's not in the perfect will of God. Uh, we do know that God, God already said, thou shalt not go, thou shalt not curse, uh, and he's already now uh, uh, running as fast as he can there. Uh, uh, and, and it is for the wages of unrighteousness. It is for that, that pay that he receives. It's the dollar sign uh, is what stole his heart away. Uh, and, and, and before someone objects about that, uh, about uh, God kind of acquiescing, so Balaam would learn if this is the only way you're going to learn. Uh, if you have to go through the school of hard knocks to learn, uh, uh, then, then so be it. It really is the only thing that can explain Balaam's donkey, which we see next. Look at 22. And God's anger was kindled because he went. Anybody see that? And so if it's God's perfect will for him to go, then God's anger would not be kindled that he went. It's one of those things where, God, please, please give me, this is what I want, and and, and this is, you know, this, please give me this, and, and where we almost pray ourselves into uh, doing what God doesn't want us to do. It's almost going through the, the motions and, uh, and, and uh, trying to wrestle it away from God, uh, more trying to justify the thing that we do. Because uh, now Balaam because I prayed about it. Uh, in fact, I prayed about it twice. Um, but you're not doing God's perfect will. At best, you're doing God's permissive will. God's anger uh, was kindled because he went, And the angel of the Lord stood in the way for an adversary against him. Now he was riding upon his ass, and his two servants were with him. And Balaam's donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and his sword was drawn in his hand. Uh, And the ass turned aside out of the way, went into the field, and Balaam smote the ass to turn her into the way, uh, trying to beat uh, that, that donkey to try to get him going the right direction. But the angel of the Lord stood in the path of the vineyard, a wall being on this side and a wall on that side. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she thrust herself onto the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall and he smote her again. Uh, if this was God's perfect will for Balaam, it's not going real well for him so far. And it's funny to me that his donkey is more perceptive than he is. And um, it's funny to me that his donkey is more has more spiritual insight uh, Than he does. Uh, look at it. 26. Uh, and the angel of the Lord w- went further and stood in a narrow place where was no way to turn either to the right hand or to the left. Uh, and when the, the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she fell down under Balaam. And Balaam's anger was kindled. Uh, and he smote the ass with a staff. Does anybody see how uh, not only is he not in God's perfect will, and, and yes, God's allowing it, God's allowing it because it's the only way that he's going to learn. Uh, but uh, he's in the flesh, with the pride, the arrogancy, uh, that covetousness, that that envy, and and now the wrath that's that, that's flaring, uh, and uh, he smote smote uh, the donkey with with the staff, a staff, a lot like we saw just recently that Moses smote that that rock uh, with a staff twice, uh, twice. Uh, look at twenty eight, and the Lord opened the mouth of the ass and. Uh, And and she said unto Balaam, the donkey did, What what have I done unto thee that thou hast smitten me these three times? And Balaam said unto the donkey, By the way, uh, the shocking part isn't that the donkey spoke to him. Uh, The shocking part is that he's speaking back to the donkey, not thinking twice about it. But anyway, uh, and so the donkey is saying, What are you doing? Uh, And Balaam said unto him, Because thou hast mocked me. I would therefore a sword was in my hand for now I would kill thee. And the ass said unto Balaam, Am not I thine ass upon which thou hast ridden? Uh, ever since I was, uh, uh, was thine unto this day, uh, was I ever want to do so unto thee? And he said, well, well now that you're bringing up the history, uh, not only are you a donkey that can speak, you're a pretty smart uh, smart one at that. Uh, then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and finally he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, his sworn drawn in his hand, and he bowed down his head and fell flat on his face. By the way, uh, he should have done that the first time that he prayed to God about what his will was Uh, he should have bowed on his face bent his knee bowed his will uh, submitted himself to the Lord uh, now doing it here and the angel Lord said to him wherefore hast thou smitten thine ass these three times behold I went out to withstand thee because thy way is perverse before me Uh, are we getting the fact that it's probably not God's perfect will at best, it's God's permissive will. Uh, at best, it's God's corrective will trying to teach him, trying to show him. 33, uh, and the donkey uh, saw me and turned from me these three times unless she had turned from me. Surely now I had slain thee and, uh, and saved her alive. And, and if you would have kept at it, kept at it, kept at it, uh, then, then I would have killed you and the donkey would have lived. And so uh, Balaam said unto the angel of the Lord, I have sinned for I knew not that thou stoodest in the way against me. Uh, yeah, yeah, you sinned, but it didn't start there. It started before there. Uh, and yes, now it's being manifest to you. Uh, I, I have sinned, for thou stoodest in the way against me. Now, therefore, if it displease thee, I will get me back uh, again. And, and it's just really mind-blowing that, that he's trying to justify. Uh, I prayed. God said, no, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. Uh, and then I prayed again, uh, and, and, and God said, well, okay, if that, if that, uh, and now he's saying, well, if you don't want me to go, if you really don't want me to go, then, then I'll go back uh, the way I came. My heart was wrong. I shouldn't have pressed uh, because of the pay. I shouldn't have compromised uh, because of the cash. 35, and the angel of the Lord said unto Balaam, go with the men, but only the word that I shall speak unto thee, that thou shalt speak. So Balaam went with the prince's of balak god reiterating to him uh, now you didn't listen to me when i said thou shalt not go Uh, you better listen to me when i say thou shalt not curse Uh, you basically disobeyed me when i said thou shalt not go Uh, and so uh, make sure you don't do the same thing about this thing about uh, thou shalt not uh, curse look at 41 and so he gets to balak Uh, And it came to pass on the morrow that Balak took Balaam and brought him up into the high places of Baal, that thence he might see the utmost part uh, of the people. And it does connect back to Numbers 2. We talked about this. Uh, We even projected it into Numbers chapter 22, uh, but I think it's probably good for us to see it again. Uh, And so Balak takes him to a high mountain, Uh, uh, He takes them to a high mountain, Numbers 23, verse number 7, the mountains of the east. And so, uh, from that uh, high place, that thence you might see the utmost part uh, of the people. Uh, And my question uh, was, uh, when he was up there looking down, uh, what did he see? When he was up there looking down, uh, what did he see? Number five, the cross that was seen. The cross that was seen. Uh, We uh, showed you a picture uh, in numbers, I think it was chapter 2, maybe chapter 3, uh, but I think we have the same picture tonight. Um, and if you took the time, almost every Bible scholar, Jewish historian, uh, believes that they camped around the tabernacle in the shape of a cross. They camped around the tabernacle uh, in the shape of a cross. And of course they pitched where God commanded for them to pitch. And uh, we do know the tabernacle was already... Uh, in a rectangular shape, and then you take the furniture of the tabernacle uh, on the inside, it was shaped itself like a cross uh, uh, from, from the east-looking west down onto it. Um, and of course, that eastern gate uh, is, is where they would go in. Uh, um, and so, uh, looking down on it, and I'm not going to go into all of the details, but uh, the top, uh, or the west side, uh, had the smallest group, 108,100 people, uh, men were on that top side. Uh, on the bottom, the east side, uh, was the largest group, 186,000 and so uh, men. Um, and so a small group on top, a larger group on the bottom. Uh, and then on the north and the south, the left and the right, uh, were both 150, some thousand, 150, uh, some thousand. And so uh, when he looks down on them, uh, looks down on them, they're encamped in the shape of a cross. Uh, With that in mind, uh, uh, here he is, Balak, wanting to curse God's people, calling Balaam to curse God's people, corrupt king, trying to get a corrupt prophet uh, to pronounce corruption on them. Uh, And then he takes him into that high place, onto the uh, utmost part, to be able to look down uh, and see, after bribing him, uh, after bribing him, now elevating him, uh, to look down and see that. uh, And when he sees them, he sees them encamped, Uh, in the shape of a cross. Look at chapter 23, verse number 7. The important part is where he's viewing from. The important part. Uh, uh, Verse 7. If he was uh, on street level uh, uh, with his truckload of cash, uh, if he was on uh, a path, uh, a ground level uh, with them, he wouldn't have seen this. Or uh, if he was on the west side or on the north side or on the south side, Boy, I love the exactness of the word of God, the exactness of what God's doing here. Uh, and so look at verse number seven. And he took up his parable and said, Balak the king of Moab hath brought me from uh, Aram uh, out of the mountains of the east, The east, saying, come curse me Jacob, come uh, defy Israel. How shall I curse whom God hath not cursed? Hey, uh, Simon Peter's going to learn this a little bit later when uh, Cornelius, uh, that Italian Um, and God sent him to preach the gospel. Remember when he uh, put that uh, netting down with all manner of uh, uh, creeping things and animals, and uh, God said, three times arise and eat. Remember Simon Peter said, no, uh, I'm holier than that. I'm more spiritual than that. Uh, And uh, God said, uh, what what I have cleansed, call not thou common. Three times, three times. Uh, I don't eat that defiled, defiled, uh, for, uh, prohibited, forbidden. Uh, I won't eat that. And God said, what I have cleansed, call not thou common. And that basically is what uh, God is saying through Balaam here. How shall I curse whom God hath not cursed? Or how shall I defy whom the Lord hath not defied? For from the top of the rocks on the east, I see him, and from the hills, I behold him. And then in chapter 23, verse number 20, Not only does he not curse, uh, he blesses them. Uh, Now look at verse number 25. Balak, still uh, a little upset about this, still wanting uh, Balaam to to curse God's people, uh, said unto Balaam, neither curse them at all nor bless them at all. Okay, if you're not going to curse them, don't bless them. Don't bless them if you're not going to curse them. Uh, And if you're not going to speak negatively about them, don't speak positively about them. 27. And Balak said unto Balaam, Come, I pray thee, I will bring thee unto another place. Peradventure it will please God that thou mayest curse them from thence. And Balak brought Balaam unto the top of Peor that looketh towards Jeshimon. And again, uh, he sees them in the shape of a cross. He sees them in the shape of the cross, by way of the cross, and not only does he not curse them, he blesses them. Now, look at chapter 24, just in case you think it's a stretch. Look at verse number 2. And Balaam lifted up his eyes, and he saw Israel. Keep in mind, he's looking from the east, from the east, seeing that the tabernacle, that encampment around that, from the east. Now, Balaam lifted up his eyes, and he saw Israel abiding in his tents, according to their tribes, Uh, abiding in his tents, according to their tribe. uh, He saw them camping in a configuration of uh, the cross. Is is everybody with me so far? Uh, For those that were in chapter two or three, you've heard this before. Uh, For those that were with us 14 years ago, (laughs) uh, when we we, uh, hit that briefly also, Uh, but it's one of those pictures that you have to have in your mind If not, it really doesn't make any sense why why Balaam paid off going in. Uh, Why does he have to see them from there? Uh, Unless you realize that he sees them in the shape of the cross. And before someone says, well, did he realize what the significance of the cross was? Uh, Look at verse number two again. And Balaam lifted up his eyes and he saw Israel abiding in in his tents. According to their tribes, and the Spirit of God came upon him. The Spirit of God came upon him. And of course, this is prophetically pointing us to Christ. Revelation says the testimony of Jesus is the Spirit of prophecy. The Spirit of God came upon him. In fact, John 16, 13, when the Spirit of truth is come, he shall not speak of himself. He shall glorify me. And so the Spirit comes on Balaam He sees them in the shape of a cross, and instead of cursing them, he's blessing them. Instead of seeing them as unbelieving, turning back after God led you there, not going across, uh, rather than seeing them as idolaters that... That golden cow that they worshiped, and uh, rebellious and critical and negative because they uh, constantly were chiding against, constantly chiding against. But well, instead of seeing them as that, but well, he saw them in the shape of a cross. In fact, Numbers 23, if you'll look there, after verse 14, where Balak brought him into the field of Zophim to the top of Pisgah, uh, look at verse 21. It's in that. Uh, text in that vantage point 21 uh, where he says he hath not beheld iniquity in jacob god doesn't even see iniquity in jacob it's interesting to me that that um uh, god uses the word jacob there uh, rather than israel because jacob was the deceiver uh, israel was the father of the family Uh, Same person, Jacob's name changed uh, to Israel. Jacob was the supplanter. Jacob was the one that couldn't be trusted. Uh, And God's basically saying, even in Jacob, uh, I don't behold uh, iniquity. Verse 1 of 24, Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel. And because he sees them in the cross, because he sees them in the cross, he doesn't curse or criticize or gossip or talk negatively about them. Uh, He doesn't curse them. He blesses them. Look at verse 5 of 24. How goodly are thy tents? Because they're abiding uh, according to uh, their tribes. How goodly are thy tents, O Jacob, and thy tabernacles, O Israel. Uh, Verse 6 through verse number 9, he pronounces blessing after blessing after blessing. Verse number 10, and Balak's anger was kindled against Balaam, and he smote his hands together. And Balak said unto Balaam, I called thee to curse mine enemies. And behold, thou hast altogether blessed them these, these three times. And the application is this uh, how I see them, uh, if I see them low or if I see them high, doesn't say as much about them as it says about, am I viewing them low? or am I viewing them high? If I'm viewing from the right vantage point, I'm not going to be just ripping someone apart and tearing them apart and just criticizing them, and they're not all that, and they're just not, and yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. Uh, You don't talk negative about someone or criticize someone because of how low they are, but because of how low we are. If we would get to a higher place, uh, if we would get uh, to a higher place Uh, If this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, two chapters later is when he says, whatsoever things are pure, holy, good report, there be any praise. uh, Think on these things. But we need to take the high road, be in a higher place, uh, be more high-minded. And when we get to where Balaam was, uh, viewing from above, from God's vantage point, seeing them through God's eyes, we're not going to be criticizing will be edifying. Does this make sense to anybody at all? Um, I I got a bunch more that I would like to give. Uh, If you want to write it down, five things quickly. How how, how should I see people? Five things quickly. Uh, I should see people positionally in Christ. In Christ. I should see them positionally. Uh, If the President of the United States comes into this room, I stand up uh, and I show respect. Uh, I don't care if it was President... Uh, Bush or President uh, Obama or President uh, Trump or President uh, Biden, because of his position, I show respect for the position. Okay, let me put it another way. See them positionally. Um, I'm not going to criticize another man's wife, uh, no matter how quirky, how odd. Uh, I, I'm not going to criticize another man's wife because she's his wife. He chose her. He's the one that selected her. Uh, I'm not going to criticize her out of respect for him. Uh, And by the way, the bride of Christ was chosen by Christ. Uh, The bride of Christ was courted by Christ. The bride of Christ is loved by Christ. Positionally. I want to make sure that I see them positionally too. See them prophetically. Prophetically. Romans 8 says, Whom he justified, them he also glorified. God sees it as already having happened. Uh, We're in Christ at the right hand of God. God sees us prophetically that way uh, as if we're already glorified. Uh, That's why there's no condemnation uh, to them which are in Christ Jesus. See them positionally. See them prophetically. See them potentially. Uh, Not what they are now, but what their potential is, and their potential is likeness. Uh, See them progressively. Uh, Not how much further they need to go uh, to be where we think they should be, but but how far they've come since they've been saved progressively, uh, and then see them positively. And of course, that's Philippians uh, 4, uh, verse number 8. There was a sour guy that uh, was uh, visiting an art museum and Uh, When he went into the art museum, he he came out even more sour, saying, I didn't see anything special there. I I didn't see anything special there. Uh, And the security guard, uh, under his breath, maybe loud enough for him to hear, said, "Uh, these works of art uh, aren't what's what's being judged. They've already been declared masterpieces. Boy, what's on trial are are not these masterpieces. Uh, What's on trial is your appetite. For the masterpieces, that's what's on trial. Uh, what Job's friends said about Job? Tell me more uh, about Job's friends than they do about Job. When they were criticizing and nitpicking and fault finding, uh, Job. I already know about Job. God said, uh, "There's none like him in all the world. A man that fears God, eschews evil. Uh, he's upright. Uh, what a great guy!" Uh, and these three guys are. Just, well, you're not praying right. You're not doing that. You're not doing that. But what they said about Job tells me more about them than it does about Job. And so uh, when when you end up down in the dirt, um, throwing dirt at someone, uh, you're getting pretty muddy as you're throwing dirt at someone. And uh, it also shows at the same time, we're not living on Mount Zion. Uh, we're not living uh, at a level we should be, because if we're living at that level, even a corrupt Balaam, at that time, who was being paid uh, for what he was doing at that time, because he saw them in the cross. Boy, if we see them in Christ, if we see them in the cross, uh, if we see them as brothers and sisters, we're all a part of the same family, boy, we're not going to curse. We're not going to curse. Boy, we're going to bless. And let that be the testimony of us. And that is today's message. We invite you to tune in next time with Scott Toole as he presents another message from Rosedale Baptist Church. For more information about today's presentation or about the ministries of Rosedale Baptist Church, go online to rosedalebaptist.org. That's rosedalebaptist.org. Join us again next time as we study the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse.